into my heart You settle it You always finish what you start I won't forget You're faithful to complete What you begun in me
and gentlemen, hello, good morning, wow, what a week we're having, what a God we have, putting all of our trust and faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, wow, Michael Bethany, great gospel singer, so many great young gospel singers out there, just making this generation very proud to see so many youngsters out there. And you know what I love about the music that I show and play for you every morning is that most of it is made up of youngsters. And I'm talking 18 to 25 years old. 18 to 25 years old. And you know what God feels about young children and adolescents Bring them all to me. Let them come. Because he knows that they are our future. He knows that they are the future of the word. He knows that they are future, future seed spreaders. And, you know, to see so many young people all over the country going back to God without even being raised Christian, that should let you know that God's still working. You know, they were saying in that, in that song, he's still working. And the crowd and the, and the, and the, uh, the, the singers were singing uh, right back to it. He's still working. He's still working. He's still wor- he is still working. And we know that, A, because we're still here. And B, because he's bringing people to him that didn't even know him as a child. Or at least, I should say, were exposed to him as a child. And that's how you know that God is real. And that's how you know that God is still, uh, still alive and that he's still working and that he wants a relationship with everyone. Doesn't matter what country you come from. Doesn't matter what color your skin is. Doesn't matter which uh, way you were raised. Doesn't matter what you've done. He wants to be your best friend. And that is a miracle in itself that the th- that the 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 being that created everything wants a relationship with little old me that's incredible kings kings didn't even want a relationship with their subjects but the creator of everything wanted wants a personal relationship with you a blessing, and a miracle. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you very much for joining me on this episode of Rise Up number 188 here on LFA TV. I see so many familiar and great names in the live chat. I hope that each and every day from here on out, we see new names, even just one new name, coming back to God, welcoming that lost sheep back to the flock, then I'm happy with that. So I'm so grateful for the fellowship. I'm so grateful for the time that we get to spend together. I'm very grateful for the the moments in which we can debate and have spirited debate and going to the good book in order to get the truth so that we can all be on the same page on our journey with Jesus. And uh, like yesterday, yesterday was a blessing to me. Yesterday's show to me was a blessing. Now I know to some people it was not. I know some people still disagree with me after yesterday's show about the submersive water baptism. And that's okay because I would rather, um, I would rather test you and I would rather send you to God with questions than for you to think that you know everything or for me to think I know everything and vice versa. You guys in the chat get me, uh, you, actually you guys convict me in some Uh, sense of the word, and you also send me back to God in prayer to ask God for answers for things. I think that's what he wants us to do. I think he wants iron to sharpen iron. And I pray that Travis is here this morning. And if he's not, I pray that he comes back sooner than later. So we have about a thousand people in here. I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'd like to talk uh, about something Very important before we get to the actual topic of the day. And I also have a few videos to show you today. So, 
Here we go. In Jesus' name. Father God in heaven, creator of all, and to whom all glory goes back to. Today, Lord, we're going to be talking about the importance of learning from others' mistakes. As Christians, Lord, we look in the mirror every day and we convict ourselves of the Ten Commandments and we try to not make the same mistake that we made the day before. However, there are ones that passed, blessed and anointed ones that passed decades, centuries, and millennia ago that we can still learn from. So today, Lord, please help guide us through the word, help guide us and bring us to the word so that we can get all the answers that we seek and that you can guide us in how we can be better Christians by looking at those who fell before us. Lord, we thank you for dwelling with us each day, Monday through Friday on this Godcast. And we pray for so much more. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if anybody sees Travis, let me know because I'd like to, uh, I'd like to t- talk personally to Travis if I know he's in here. Now, what I want to do today is I want to start out by talking about a, um, a way that you can have an answer back to atheists or non-believers who tell you that the Bible was written by the hierarchy of men in order to keep people in line and in order to have somebody, something to refer to so they could create society. I'm sure you've heard that. Well, the Bible was just created by a bunch of people in power, a bunch of elitists, to keep everybody in line and to control the population. Have you heard that argument before? If you have, let me know in the live section, live chat. Because here is what my response is to that. If that were the case, if the case were that the elitist and the hierarchy of the people that were in power created the Bible in order to keep society in line, well, here is my response. Then why didn't everyone have one? Why wasn't it made the law of the land? And why wasn't it put in as many languages as possible back then? Why wasn't it? If it was made... And you're going to hear this argument from atheists. If it was made by the hierarchy, by the patriarchy, in order to keep society in line and have a document that would keep people fearful of stepping outside that line, then everybody in the world would have had a Bible. Everybody in the world would have had access to Scripture. It would have been the law of the land. It would have been free. And they would have forced it on you. And everybody would have had access to it. And as a matter of fact, that was opposite. They actually tried to get rid of it. Has anybody ever heard of the Dark Ages? If you've heard of the Dark Ages, then I must ask you, who was in power and who was spreading their rule across the land during the Dark Ages? If it's just a bunch of stories that was written to keep everybody in line, well, the Dark Ages were called the Dark Ages because the Word of God, the Bible, was trying to be wiped out of existence. So again, again, if it was made by the elite of the land... In order to keep order, then everybody would have had one and they wouldn't have been able to, they wouldn't have been trying to wipe it out of existence. And Joe Bo, you are right. The Roman Catholic Church 
and the Crusades during the Dark Ages were trying to wipe out word of God so that you had to go back to the ones in charge to get that word of God and you had to, you know, drink and eat the body of Christ in order to be a Christian. Now, if you don't believe any of that, you're more than welcome to do your own research. But that argument that the people in charge that were spreading Christianity wrote these stories to keep people in line, it couldn't be further from the truth. Just wanted to kind of air that out there and give you that argument to go back with because you're going to hear that quite a bit in your journey with Jesus. I know I have. I used to actually say it. Now, I titled today's show Learning from Their Mistakes, and I put their in quotes. And the reason why I did that was because we're speaking of very specific people. If you're talking about learning from their mistakes in present time, well, you're probably talking about your parents, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, or your immediate family member, the generation before you. Okay? If you're talking about their mistakes biblically, then you're talking about Abraham, Isaac, Moses, Noah, David, and so on and so forth. Jacob, Isaiah, uh, Elisha, Elijah. We learn from their mistakes. And where we're going to go in the Bible to talk about that today is in the book, the book of 1 Corinthians. So if you just want to get your Bible ready, we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians today. But before we do that, I want to read for you what I wrote in the description of this video today, just in case you haven't read, uh, gone down and read that. I said, those of us who have kids, try to give our kids a better life than we had. Amen? I would assume that that's what most of us wanted with our children. We try to be more open-minded, but still discipline our children when and where it's needed. Maybe not as harsh as our parents, but we try to stay firm, but fair. At least we try to be fair. My parents weren't fair. They were just firm, okay? We tell our kids, quote, I invented sneaking out of the house. You can't fool me. I invented making up stories. You can't fool me. We also tell them to learn from our mistakes. And we tell them about our massive sins as children. And the sins that we committed and the consequences of those decisions. Why do we do this? Well, we do this so that they can learn from our mistakes. So they won't make the same mistakes that we made. Now, why do we call ourselves children of God if we're adults? Well, because we're like children. This is like a womb for us. This is like our womb, our adult womb, as we get ready to go to heaven. So you know that bright white light that you are exposed to when you're born? You come from a womb and you're born in the flesh here on earth. When you die of this body and your spirit moves on and you see that white light, you are born Well, you're not born again, but you're basically now born into a spiritual realm known as heaven. So we want our children to learn from our mistakes, but we, as children of God, also have people to look back to in history, biblically, spiritually, to learn from their mistakes as they walked this earth. So we don't make those same mistakes again. You know, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine sending one of my employees away and sending them away on a business trip that would put them in harm's way so that they would die so that I could have sex with their wife and have a child with them. I couldn't imagine doing that. We learn from others' mistakes. 
I couldn't imagine doing some of the things that some of the great anointed men in history did. And why can't I imagine that? Because we learn from their mistakes. And God tells us that in the Bible. So, let's go there now. If everybody can open their Bibles up, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 10, and we're going to read from 10.1 all the way to 10.13, through 10.13, okay? Here we go. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered into the wilderness. Now these things became our examples. Learn from their mistakes. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, quote, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play, end quote. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained, grumbling, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, Admonition, excuse me, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So their deeds, their stories, their lives were written down for us. That's what God says. They were written for us to read and to look on as an example of what not to do. Reading on. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has ever overtaken you except such as is common to man, meaning nothing is happening to nothing happened to them that's not happening to you. Nothing is happening to you that didn't happen to them. It's all common to man, to mankind. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able? Basically, it's saying God only allows you to go through as much stuff as you can absolutely handle. For the rest, you've got to lean on him. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape. So God is telling you that every temptation that the devil brings to you, God through him and with him, leaning on him, offers you an escape route, a back door to everything that the devil tempts you. It's not God that's tempting you. It's not God that tempted Adam. It's not God that tempted Eve. It's not God that tempted Abraham. It's not God that tempted Noah to drink and be a drunkard. It's not God that tempted Moses. It's not God that tempted David. It is the devil. And God's telling you that this is common. But he's also giving you an escape, just as he gave them. That you may be able to bear it. Wow. 
Powerful stuff. God is literally telling you, Bruce, you, Ashley, Ashley, did you get your Slurp Fund check yet to replace your food in your refrigerator? I hope you did. God is telling you, uh, Brenda. God is telling you, Wayne. God is telling me, Jeremy. These things happened to these people and were written down to benefit you today in 2023 so that you could learn from their mistakes and not make the same mistakes as they did, lest you will experience the same consequences. Consequences for your actions. Ashley, Jeremy, I really need prayer right now. The devil has a hold of me and my family. Please keep us in prayer. You're always in prayer. You're always in our prayer. Everybody in this LFA family is always in my prayer. You know that the reason you're here is because you are leaning on God. You are doing exactly what God had just told me to read to you. So you should take comfort in that. You should take peace, find peace and joy in that, Ashley. You are, your prayers have already been answered. You're here leaning on God. God is giving you an escape door to the temptation that is bringing upon you and your family at the hands of the devil. And he just told you that. So you should feel so at peace right now. Division be gone. Anger be gone. Temptation be gone. Not today, Satan. Get behind me. And Ashley, your prayers have already been answered. You don't need to ask for them any longer. It's simple as that. Boom. Poof. Gone. And it is up to you, Ashley, to bring that godly answer to your prayers to your family and set things straight today. Not tomorrow. Not worrying about yesterday. And not worrying about the future. Because right now, God just gave your answer and it's up to you to bring that godliness to your family. I love when God answers me immediately, and Ashley, he just answered you immediately. He just literally heard your prayers and answered them in real time. Gave you an escape route. Go listen to Zach Williams, Fear is a Liar. Fear, he is a liar. It's that simple. What you're experiencing is not real. What you're experiencing is fake. What you're experiencing is only what you are allowing yourself and your family to experience. And the further I get with Jesus, the more I realize that, the better my days get, the more at peace I am. And that's what God commands. Everything here is fake, false, and phony, and deceiving. That's what the devil does. Best trick he ever played on the world, right? One minute prayer for dads. One minute prayer for dads. Everybody uh, open up your books. We're going to go to page 46. Ashley, this is for you and everybody else who needs to hear it. Page 46, Romans 8.28. I'm sure you know what it is. Trust God in all things because we know for all those who love God, all things work together for good. Not for bad. Not for bad. Not for evil. And if you're here, Ashley, then God's working good, right? For those who are called according to his purpose. And if you're here, you're called. It's that simple. It takes faith to believe that all things work together for good for those who are called according to God's purposes, especially when all things involve intense family situations. You listening? Faithful dads learn that sometimes simply trusting God through the family storm is all that can be done. Trust, pray, and wait. God will work it out. Ashley, you're not going to be able to fix the problem. You're not going to be able to snap your fingers and fix the problem. But you can put your hands together and fix the problem. You can't snap. You're not a magician. Magic doesn't exist. Wiccan doesn't exist. Spells don't exist. Miracles exist, and you can't do that by the snap of a finger. You can only do that by clasping your hands together and giving it all to God. He just said it right there. He just said it right there. There he said it. Faithful dads and moms, 
Learn that sometimes simply trusting God through the family storm is all that can be done. Lord, I know hardship and twists in the road happen to everyone. But when they happen to me and my family, I stumble at how to just move on in my life. I know I need to trust you in all things with the assurance that you're causing everything. Yes, the hard stuff too. To work out in my best interest in the long term. Not that you're causing all the bad things, that you're causing them to work out because you're working together for good. You've seen some of the unexpected circumstances I faced. You knew about them ahead of time and saw them as building blocks for the life you've called me to live. Today, Lord, I'm thinking about some of the Lord stuff in my life. Help me trust you with the results. Help me see that you can take this and bring good out of it. Ashley, I promise you, if you can do this, if you can believe, if you can have faith, unadulterated, unimpeded uh, faith, I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, it's all going to work out just fine. Between the hurricanes... And, not the, and now the sickness circling in my house, financial struggles, now it's hard. It is. It is. But imagine what it's going to be like in two months. What does the Bible say? The bad that's happening right now is nothing, to the good, nothing compared to the good that awaits? Think about that moment. Think about that moment. Think about two months from now when you're all huddled up, hugging each other, loving each other, praising God for what he brought you through. Think about when you replace all that food with the money that's coming from the Slurp Fund and more that's going to come in your way if you can give it to God. Blessings will overflow your cup, and in 60 days from now, you'll go, what was I even worried about? I promise you that's going to happen. So think about those days today, and get your family to think about those days today. You know, uh, you guys know Jordan Peterson, right? You guys know Jordan Peterson? Well, Jordan Peterson was asked, if you could be any... If you could have any superpower, like if you were a Marvel character, what would your superpower be? They asked Jordan Peterson this. Jordan Peterson sat there for a minute. He said, so you're asking me if I was a Marvel character, what superpower would I have? And they said, exactly. He said, my superpower would be faith. The lady didn't expect that. So the lady said, so your superpower would be faith. What would you do with that faith? Jordan Peterson thought about it for a second. Looked at her right in her eyes. And said, move mountains. Move mountains. What would your superpower be if you were a Marvel character? It would be faith. Why? To move mountains. Absolutely incredible. So it looks like Mazzy Paws needs $900 to save her cat. I don't know what the problem is. I just saw this. But if we could save a member of your family, whether it be cat or human, then we would like to do that. She needs $900. We will donate 450 from the Slurp Fund. Eli, can you write that down? Are you out there? Eli? Did you hear me? Mazzy Paws needs $900. To save her cat. So it sounds like some kind of a surgery. So we're going to donate 450 Half of what she needs from the Slurp Fund. And if uh, anybody else wants to help. Donate to help her save a member of her family. Uh, we would be very grateful. And uh, we're very grateful that, uh, that we could actually help. And that's what this LFA family's done. It has uh, created a thing called the, the Slurp Fund. 
And uh, look at that. We just got another $5. We just got another $5 in. We're at the $455, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that's what, that's what God says. If you ask, you shall receive, right? Look at that. Another $110, Eli. We now have $565. Another $50. We're over $600. We're over 600 Another 20. Look at that. We're easily going to get to that 900. We can't af- we cannot afford people to die if we can stop it. Not we we've we've gone through so much. And if anybody donates on jeremyherald.com, please put in the note section who it's for. Look at this beanery. Indie girl, Raphael, Miranda, Do you see the outpouring of love? Do you see what leaning on each other and what fellowship is needed for? We love you. In God's hands, lifelike, patriot girl. Can we pull up the the rumble chat here? Look at this. Just look at this. Just look at all the donations coming in. Wow. That's incredible. You guys are very, very wonderful, wonderful people to just help without any hesitation whatsoever. Little Mama, thank you so very much. I love my fur baby, says Indie Girl. Leaning on the promises of God. Philly kid. Look at that. CQ. And you want to know the greatest thing about this, Mazzy Pause? Is a lot of these people have been Slurp Fund recipients before themselves. And that's what we do. Praise God. Praise God. I think it's paid for, said the one I am. I think it is too. But remember... There's a there's a uh, a percentage that Rumble takes out of all donations that come in, so it would be less that. But I think we're I think we're there. Look at that from Alan Carroll Morris from Doge uh, from Dottie another hundred folks. I think we're there. I think we're there. If you still want to donate to help, you're more than welcome. But I just want you to know, no more needed. I think we're there. Dimples and Fireball, thank you so much. But I'm pretty sure we're over the amount. But that's what God does. He gives more than is needed. Overflow, overflow of blessings. All right. Time to go to videos, folks. Time to go to a few videos. The percentage is, I believe it's 20%. I believe it's 20%. Might be 10. I'd have to look, but I think it's 20. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. See that, Mazzy Paws? God bless you guys. She's overwhelmed. She's overwhelmed. The rest can go to the Slurp Fund for others. Amen. Exactly. To replenish the 450 that we just took out, maybe. All right. We got a couple of videos to show you. Uh, and we got, a, and, and by the blessing of God, we've got another Ray Comfort video. He's been pumping them out left and right, ladies and gentlemen. And we don't want to miss any of them. But before we do, we've got a couple of videos to show you. I love this video. Roll it. What are the parameters to get into heaven? Perfection. Perfection? Yes. So is there anybody in heaven right now? Yes. And they were perfect? No. Okay. I'm just answering your question. Okay. So the parameters to get into heaven are perfection. Correct. There are people in heaven. Yes, ma'am. But nobody's been perfect. Correct. How's that possible? Grace. Okay. All right. Here, God is rich in mercy and he desires to save sinners, but he can't just forgive it and pretend those things didn't exist because then he would be unjust, and he's not. So his plan from eternity past was to send his son in human flesh to be a representative for you, to take the punishment you deserve, to take all of the righteous deeds that he did his entire life, credit them to your account. If you will repent and put your trust in his son, he will forgive you because he makes you perfect. In Christ. What are the parameters to get into heaven? Parameters to get into heaven are perfection. And I love the way 
I love the way. Look at that. Mazzy Paws says shaking with joy. Mazzy Paws, we need your actual name and address to send the check to, and we'll send it right out to you, okay? I love the way. And by the way, that is um, Cliff Netchell's son. You know the guy that always goes to those universities I, talk, I show you? That's his son. And I love the way he just answered the questions that she asked without giving an explanation until she asked for an explanation. That was perfect. She, she said, so what are the parameters to get into heaven? Perfection. Are there people in heaven right now? Yes. Is anybody perfect? No. She couldn't understand that. So how do we get there? Grace through Christ who is perfect. That is our golden ticket. That who sta- that's who stands in the gap. What a great way to explain it. Now, came across this video, did some research. Turns out this guy, 100% correct in what he says. Listen to this. Over 900 Catholic churches in Rome. And when I said, how did the Catholic Church build 900 churches, the historian said, no, they were 900 pagan temples that got converted to Catholic churches, and they didn't even remove the gods, they just renamed them. Let me give you an example. Every statue of Jupiter became Peter. They said, how do we just replace? So they took men that were humble and made them into little deities called saints and then convince you to pray to them instead of going boldly before the throne of grace and praying to God. And they nullified the work of the cross where the veil was rent so we could walk into the Holy of Holies. I don't need to talk to Paul. I can talk to Jesus directly because of the blood of Jesus Christ. There's over 900 Catholic churches in Rome. So upon a little bit of research... The guy's 100% correct. That's exactly what happened to nine, over 900 Catholic churches at that time that were converted from pagan um, temples, places of worship, and they changed the statues to the names of the saints to 900 of them. Now, I don't know if the exact number was 900. I, I, didn't, I couldn't find exactly that specific number, but that is what happened. That is what happened. Whatever happened to the meek shall inherit the earth. Be humbled in front of Jesus. Why do we have statues of saints, of these apostles, of these disciples that were humble men? Why do we have these statues that we, that we prayed to them around the world? And I'm not saying specifically any specific this, that, or the other. But he's right. He's 100% right. That, what that man said is 100% Truth. Pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And I have no agenda behind that, but just to say that that man is telling the 100% truth. Now, the Bible has been right in every one of its prophecy, prophecies of what is to come of this world and the people of it. Now, here's something that I think we're overlooking. I think when we see these prophecies coming true, we look at them and we brush them off because we're like, well, not in my time. But we cannot ignore the Euphrates River drying up. We can't. We cannot ignore the, uh, the, the, the basically the lake that just sprung out of the desert in the Middle East And it does say in the Bible that water will spring out into vast seas out of the driest land. That's happened. We cannot overlook the massive destruction, natural destruction that's going on across the world right now that the left will call climate change, but we know otherwise. Folks, these things are happening. War is happening. One world government is right at the, we're right at the, uh, the, 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 the edge of that. One world currency, we're right at the edge of that. Digital currency where you can only buy and sell if you have the digital chip in your hand. That's coming, folks. It's already happening across the world in major countries, India, China, and others. They're coming to pass every day, and people are just looking the other way. Now, this, 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 I'm not saying this to, to make you fear this, 
I'm saying this to let you know that we are living in the last days. Now, I want you to just see the amount of massive destructive floods that have happened across the world in just this last week that they will call climate change, but we know is prophecy coming true. Play this video. Watch all these places that just in the last week have had these disastrous, disastrous floods. This is what the left will tell you. This is climate change. Oh, you're right. It is climate change. But it's not due to fossil fuels or the burning of farts or cars. It's due to sin. It's due to prophecy. And it is happening. Come, Jesus, come. Let today be the day. It's coming, folks. And again, maybe not in our lifetime, Because we don't know what the last days means as far as like a mathematical number. But we are in what the Bible calls the last days. So, where are you going to put your faith, trust, love, and where are you going to honor starting today? It better be Jesus. Because he's coming one way or the other. And you're not going to be able to stop it. And why would you want to? It's your one-way ticket to heaven. And now, ladies and gentlemen, and don't worry, we're still going to play one on Friday, but he has been spreading the gospel like his life depends on it. Maybe it does. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend Ray Comfort, here we go. You like Spider-Man? How did you know? So you like the superheroes? Only if they're good and well-written. Who's the superhero of all time? Greatest person who ever lived. Who would you say? Either a Batman or a Spider-Man. No, they're fictional. They don't exist. I'm talking about a living hero. Somebody that stood for that which is right and just. That is beyond my knowledge. No, it's not. You've heard of Jesus? Now, that guy was beyond human. He was a a true Messiah and Lord and Savior. You just crossed yourself? You're a Catholic? Christian, actually. Are you born again? No. I always grew up a Christian and I maintain the practice. You've got to be born again. Nobody is born a Christian. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you're not into heaven. So I want to make sure you're born again. Do you think you're a good person? I try to be. Are you a good person at heart? Yes. Do you think the Bible's right when it says your heart is deceitfully wicked? It feels like it's in between. It's in between, so sometimes you're wicked and sometimes you're not? I am a human being and a sinner. Here's a quick question for you. There's a knife on my back, Mark. I've got three minutes to live. I'm dying. I'm scared of going to hell. How can I enter heaven? What would you tell me? Pray to God for forgiveness. I've asked that and I still feel rotten. I feel bad because I've committed adultery. I've looked at pornography. I've lied and stolen. I've blasphemed God's name and I feel so guilty. And I'm heading for hell and I'm crying out, God forgive me. And I don't feel forgiven. What should I do? You've got two minutes. I'm dying. All I could tell you is that uh, God's love has no limits to, to any sinner as long as they pray for forgiveness, regardless. So it doesn't matter who they are. Would it be Adolf Hitler if they just say, God, forgive me? They're forgiven. Yeah, th- that guy was, was still a jerk, but, but it's not, not my place to judge. Hitler was a jerk, and it's not your place to judge. He was responsible for the slaughter of 11 million people. You can make a judgment. You can say that was wrong, and Hitler was wicked to do that. Can't you? Yes. Good. I'm going to share the gospel with you. Are you familiar with the gospel? What is the gospel? It sounds like a Christian choir, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. there's gospel music. The word gospel means good news, and the good news is that Jesus abolished death. He destroyed death through his death and resurrection. So I'm going to share the gospel with you. And to do so, I need you to be honest with me. Can you be honest with me? Sure. Super honest. Do you think you're a good person? Yes. When did you last look at pornography? Barely. When did you last look at pornography? Well, 
on a, on occasion or a f or a few days, but but uh, but I mostly uh, maintain my straightness and tr try to be try to be really maintain my faith to God. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, "Whoever looks upon a woman to lust for her has committed adultery already with her in his heart." So when you look with lust, you commit adultery in God's eyes. How many lies have you told in your life? Almost every time I was a kid, but as an adult, I try not to uh, lie a lot. Have you ever stolen something, even if it's small, in your whole life, irrespective of its value? No. No, it's, I, I would never. Have you ever used God's name in vain? No. No. Absolutely not. No. You know what the bad news is? No. You've told me that you're a liar and an adulterer at heart. And the Bible says all liars love their part in the lake of fire. No adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. So if God judges you by the Ten Commandments, we've looked at four, on Judgment Day you're going to be innocent or guilty? Probably guilty. I tr try to cleanse myself of any type of sin. Yeah, well the Bible says you can't cleanse yourself, and I'm going to get to what cleanses you in a minute. Okay, so just stay with me. If you're guilty on Judgment Day, would you go to heaven or hell? If, uh, if I'm not careful, probably hell. This brings us to the Gospel. We've looked at the disease, now we're looking at the cure. What can you do to find forgiveness with God. At the moment you say all you have to do is say, God, I'm sorry. The Bible doesn't say that. You've heard of Jesus dying on the cross? Yes. You and I broke God's law, the Ten Commandments. Jesus came and paid the fine. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. He was saying paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays them. He'll say, someone's paid your fine, you're out of here. Even though you're guilty, let you leave because someone paid your fine. Well, God can take the death sentence off you. He can legally let you live forever because Jesus paid the fine in full on the cross. And then he rose from the dead, defeated death, and all you have to do, according to the Bible, to find everlasting life is repent and trust alone in Jesus. You don't go and confess your sins to another man. You go straight to God and say, I've sinned against you. I've done things I know are morally wrong. Please forgive me. Be genuinely sorry for your sins. And then simply trust in Jesus like you trust a parachute. Don't trust your goodness because you don't have any. You're like the rest of us. Trust in Jesus. Is this making sense? Crystal. Definitely crystal clear. This is the way the Bible puts it. For by grace, that's God's favor. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man boast. So when are you going to repent and put your faith in Jesus? Say today. I've always, re I've always repent on a daily basis. Yeah, but a lot of people walk in repentance, but their sins aren't washed away because their trust isn't in Jesus. And I want you today to repent and trust in Him. Not your goodness, not your repentance, but in His mercy. Mark, are you going to think about what we talked about today? Yes. Okay, and you have a Bible at home? Yes. May I give you a book I've written? Scientific facts in the Bible. Do you think I'm capable of, uh, of uh, doing good as a Christian? Because I really... There's, uh, there's so many things in the world I enjoy, but at the same time, I try to put my other foot in, in, the, uh, in the world of God. You need to get somewhere quiet and truly repent and fully trust in Jesus, and He'll give you a new heart with new desires so you hunger and thirst after righteousness. You'll still struggle with sin. I struggle with sin every day. Lust is always there. There's Potiphar's wife sitting on your shoulder saying, come and lie with me. But Jesus said, if you come after him, take up your cross daily, deny yourself, follow me. And being a Christian means denying yourself the pleasures of sin because you want to live. You want to please the God that gave you life. Oh, he's being convicted Great to now. talk to you, Mark. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Mr. Comfort. People often say, I'd love you to talk to my unbelieving friend or family. I didn't watch that beforehand because I just saw it was there and uh, that kid was asking questions and that is how you know that the seeds were planted. He said, how do I do this if I love so much of the world but I still have my other foot, you know, in, 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 in scripture and in God and he, he, Ray nailed it. He said, get alone by yourself and talk to God. Get alone. It's not Ray's job to save. Ray can't save. I can't save. You can't save. Ray can spread seeds, and that's called spreading the good news. Ray can point people in the right direction, but it is up to them to receive the word. It's up to them to receive salvation. It's up to me to receive it. And like Ray said, I, see, I deal with sin daily. 
There's lust that I have to deal with daily. There's things that the devil wants to, you know, dangle in front of my face daily, but it's up to me to deny myself the pleasure of that sin. Jesus says, deny thyself, pick up your cross and carry it. Well, that's what we're called to do every single day of the week. And I love that Ray is able to go out there and be able to break down. You know how hard that is? Do you guys, have you guys ever tried to spread the gospel to a stranger? Do you know how incredibly hard that is to do? It's scary. It's nerve-wracking. You get anxious. You don't know what they're going to say or do. And he does it every day of his life. God bless him. God bless him. Very, very big part of my life, that man is. Anyway, let's read from one more um, book here. Living for Others. Matthew 23, 11. The greatest among you will be your servant. It's what we try to do every day. Do you think when Mozzie Paws came in here this morning, Lisa, who moved to the country nine years ago and who saved over 60 cats, nothing goes by my eye. Do you think that we did right to her, for, by her today? Do you think we did right by God today by helping her? I would say yes, that's the righteous thing that we did. So in that, we live for others. And I'm so incredibly grateful to God that he was able to make Vicky run her mouth like she always does to get my attention, and it always works. I love you, Vic. So that I could see that so that we could be a blessing to somebody else today. The greatest among you will be your servant. History is strung together by grand-visioned people who caught hold of something and refused to let it go, Vic, until it materialized before them, Victoria. We admire, you know what I love? I love my LFA family members like sisters and brothers. And I love the fact that we're all so close. Makes me so happy because I'm not that close with my actual sisters and brothers. So um, that's why it's such a powerful family. We admire some of them and rightfully loathe others, but we know their names just the same. We study the wake of their lives, and though they are long dead, we still find ourselves influenced by them. Is that not what the show's about today? God brought me to this after I put out the verse of the day. Is that not what the show is about today, folks? Huh? The real question is why so few? Out of the billions of people who've come and gone, as well as those here now, why do most pass away hardly noticed, hardly felt by the bulk of the world? Well, it's because they're walking that wide path, that's why. Isn't there enough grandness needed on the planet for each one, for each to walk in some? And by grandness, I'm not suggesting typical heroics like winning a great battle or discovering the cure for a major disease. The grandness I'm speaking of is simply living your life for someone else other than yourself kind of grandness that if it leads to notoriety at all is intrusive and unsought like that of mother Teresa and Gandhi or Jesus want to make your mark on this planet spend your life improving the lives of others and that's how you walk in God's grace and that's how you leave God's handiwork on this planet well ladies and gentlemen it's been a ride here this morning with all of you as it is every day so I'm going to uh, let you out the same way I brought you in. And it's some good music here. But Sean Farish is coming up next here on LFA TV with Ungoverned. Rise Up is always a little too short. I wish it was all day long. I'd love to be talking about God all day. Maybe that will be what it will be someday. Who knows? Anyway, folks, thank you very much. Go to God. Go to Jesus because he is the only way. The way, the truth, and the life. God bless you. Thank you for being here. It's That's how I know you I'm confident you're faithful to complete what you've begun in me. So I'll keep praising while you're still working. I'll keep waiting while you're still moving.